Welcome to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly is brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance. everyone welcome to guardians weekly jim rosenhouse along with you as we join you from kaufman stadium in kansas city where the guardians are taking on the royals this weekend in a three-game series to close out the road swing been a tough road trip so far as after friday night's game the guardians are 0 and 5 on the trip after being swept in detroit and then a heartbreaker on friday night a walk-off win for kansas city coming up on our show this week rob serfolio the guardians Director of Player Development will fill us in on some great things happening in the farm system with some players who are making their way to the major leagues quickly. We'll also hear from Mike Chernoff, the Guardians general manager, and we will visit with Chris Valeka, Guardians hitting coach, Oscar Mercado, who's back with the ball club after spending about a, a heartbeat with the Philadelphia Phillies. He's back with the Guardians now. And also Nolan Jones, who made his major league debut on Friday night and a fine debut it was as he went two for three at the plate and drove in a run with his first major league hit in his first major league at-bat. But first, we hear from Tristan McKenzie, who's Saturday's starting pitcher. His last outing was seven strong against the Yankees on Sunday afternoon at Progressive Field, the last day of the homestand, one of his best performances as he threw seven scoreless against New York. And we caught up with him earlier in the week after he pitched that game against New York, and he talked about the game plan facing an imposing New York lineup, knowing that he has some difficulty of late giving up the long ball. Uh, we didn't necessarily talk about staying away from the long ball, but it was more just talking about them as being a dangerous lineup from, from top to bottom and, and just trying to keep them all balanced and making sure that they didn't feel comfortable comfortable enough to take those, those big swings. And you're working with Sandy Leone, who you haven't worked with a whole lot, but maybe just enough. And explain how, how you get on the same page with your catcher, especially if it's someone that you're not extremely familiar with. Uh, I think the biggest thing with me and Sandy yesterday was kind of just me trusting his experience. I've thrown to Sandy before uh, and just kind of going out there and knowing that he knows my stuff and knowing that we're going to go out there and try and get outs. When you look at, at your performance yesterday, I know that the prior ones you'd, you'd had some hiccups along the way. When you look at, at bouncing back from, from tough outings, how has that grown as your major league career has moved along? Uh, I think my focus definitely gets heightened after, after a bad outing because uh, I feel like you go in every outing being prepared and, and willing to, to know that baseball is a game of failure. And I think coming into, coming into yesterday, I just kind of wanted to turn things around. How long did it take you to realize that baseball is a game of failure and you, you can't just go out there and dominate every time? Uh, I think I'm still learning. It's 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 hard to it's hard to wrap your mind around because I think everybody as as competitors they want to succeed. So when you go out there and you don't you don't pitch well, or you don't hit well, or the game's not going your way, it's it's easy for you to to look down at yourself or to kind of take the low road. Uh, I think baseball is a game that that humbles you, and I think every day you go out there, you learn that it's a game of failure, and you have to be able to find ways to cope with it. 
So take us inside to today, the day after that start, maybe for the kids out there listening who are, who are budding pitchers and, and want to make a, a go at this thing. What do you do on it on this day to make sure that you're ready down the road here for your next start? Uh, I'd say the biggest thing is, is sticking with my routine. Uh, I had a lift this morning, came outside and, and made sure I got got a good throwing session in and moved moved a little bit. Uh, I don't like to be stagnant after my starts because I like for my arm to feel a little loose. Uh, and then I'll go about my day and, and kind of keep it light. I might get a massage or do some some recovery stuff to to make sure my body feels good moving into my bullpen later in the week and my next start. You mentioned that even if it's just a, a light throwing session, how important is that? Uh, it's huge for me. I think everybody's a little different, but I found that what works for my body is being able to kind of lengthen lengthen those muscles back out and, and not get tight. All right, and we'll finish with this. On your way in from your workout, you stop, you sign some autographs, things like that. Anything good out there in terms of what they're they're throwing at you, unique? Uh, they didn't have anything crazy for me today. Uh, I had a lot of the cards of myself that they had down there, so I didn't. <laughs> I didn't try to poach anybody. <laughs> Fun to see that, though, with the kids? 100%. I think the fact that, especially when I have a good outing or the kids are just out here having a good time for, for Fourth of July weekend, I, I enjoy signing autographs and just making sure that they have a good time at the ballpark. Tristan, nice going yesterday. Thanks for the time. Thank you, Rosie. That's Tristan McKenzie, who was terrific his last time out, and he'll try it again on Saturday in Kansas City, and that's a ball game that you can hear right here on the Guardians Radio Network with a first pitch time of 4:10 Cleveland time. Stay with us. We'll have more to come after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors about bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals, and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals, and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forest Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Nolan Jones in front of mom, dad, and his siblings. He's got 11 people in the ballpark tonight. He will make his major league debut at the plate. What a terrific young man he is, a big kid, and a kid that's been Cleveland's top prospect for a number of years. He's just been sidetracked by so many injuries. 6-5-2-10. Now the 1-1. Swung on, ripped to right, down the line, fair ball. He hit Chalk. Major League first at bat. It's an extra base hit into the right field corner. Around third coming home, he's Owen Miller. And with the throw not being cut off, going to third is Nolan Jones. He'll get an RBI double in his first major league at bat. It'll be a throwing error on Isbell, the right fielder, allowing Nolan Jones to go to third. So in his first major league at bat, he went down and ripped one that hit Chalk down the right field line and rattled into that right field corner. It's an RBI double scoring Owen Miller from first. And he ends up at third on the throwing air by Kyle Isbell, who didn't hit anybody with a throw in. There was Nolan Jones with that first base hit. He didn't waste any time getting that major league milestone out of the way as he did it in his first at-bat. We had a chance to catch up with the young man just prior to the ball game, and he said 
He even surprised himself on just how quickly he not only was able to get himself healthy, but also mentally ready at the highest level of the minor leagues. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, this is what I've dreamt about my entire life. Um, In the beginning of the year, it's watching all the guys go out there and play every day, and I'm in the training room on the table. Uh, It's obviously not ideal, um, but, I mean, it's a lot of hard work, and and it paid off. I mean, I've had a lot of fun this year. Uh, Rehab was a grind, but... Like I said, this is what I've dreamed about my whole life, and and it's finally coming true. You miss some time with injury, and you move up a level. Yet your your numbers were tremendous across the board. What what were you doing offensively that was really good that allowed you to have success? To be completely honest with you, I think that that team in Columbus really helped me. Um, there was a lot of guys there that were having a lot of fun. There was no pressure. It was all about winning, um, and I think I kind of just fit right in there. It was kind of just go out there and have fun every day. I simplified the game, made things easy, tried to help the team win, and that definitely helped my play. How about the outfield? I know you've dabbled in it before, but uh, what's allowed you to become a good right fielder or left fielder? Um, to be honest with you, I don't think I'm as good as I want to be, um, for sure. I think there's definitely ways I can improve out there, but I think just working out there every day. I mean, I, there, we got fantastic coaches, and out in Arizona, I was getting a ton of work um, in the outfield, and then um, our, like I said, our outfielding coaches have done a really good job of, of helping me prepare and, and get me ready to, to be in this position. There's always some stories about how someone finds out about getting called up to the major leagues for the first time. What is your story of a couple of days ago? Yeah, so I was actually on the phone with my mom, and I got told to hang up the phone with my mom, and it didn't look like a happy, uh, a happy call in. I got called in, and they told me I, they wanted me to go down to Akron to work around the wall, uh, and that's what I thought, and I honestly wasn't very happy. Um, but then they asked how I would feel about going to Kansas City and working around the wall, and I, I honestly didn't know the team was heading to Kansas City, so I didn't know what it was for. I didn't, I really had no idea. And then, told me I was going to the big leagues. My whole body just started shaking. I mean, it was just an unbelievable feeling, something you dream about when you're six years old playing baseball, going to games. Um, yeah, it's something I've always dreamed about. So to to have that meeting and to hear I'm going to the big leagues, and then get to call my mom and dad and see their faces like I mean it's everything I've ever dreamed about and when you look around that clubhouse there I imagine some familiar faces this is a very young ball club and and how comfortable was it walking in here with some familiarity yeah it was definitely made it a lot easier Um, it was a stressful trip here because obviously I coming to live out my dream um, but I got in here and got to see a lot of faces that I've spent a lot of time around in the past couple years and kind of feel right at home which is nice have a good one tonight. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's Nolan Jones, and it uh, remains to be seen how long he is here with the Major League Club. But if he continues to put together at-bats like he did on Friday night, he could be here for quite some time. Oscar Mercado is another outfielder for the Guardians. And for Mercado, whose uh, Major League career has been exclusively with Cleveland, he was designated for assignment about three weeks ago, was claimed by the Phillies, who put him on their roster for three days, and they, they designated him for assignment. So it has been a whirlwind after being claimed again by the Guardians, and they put him back on the Major League roster. We caught up with Oscar in Detroit and talked to him about the whirlwind couple of weeks and his short stay in Philadelphia and how happy he is to be back with his old teammates. No, it was awesome. Um, You know, I feel like I'm, it was kind of an experience in which um, all I knew was Cleveland and, you know, going over and just getting, uh, getting the time to spend 
getting the chance to spend some time over there for three days and then just getting the chance to be back here now, it kind of just puts into perspective just like how much friendships mean and like the relationships that you build in the game and just how comfortable they make you. And uh, just being back here, uh, you know, it's, you know, it was special. And when I found out I was coming back, it honestly made me really happy. Your manager, Terry Francona, said in a difficult spot, you handled yourself with class and, and just in a, in a great way when he had to tell you that, that you were being designated. What was going through your mind at that point um, as you got news that, that, that no one wants to hear in the short term, for sure? It was it was tough um, because, you know, like I said before, this is all I knew. And, the you know, the friendships that I had built and I had gotten so close to, you know, the coaching staff and, and all the players. So, um, you know, I called. It's a place I call home. So it, it did make me... It made me sad, but at the same time, I knew that um, maybe I would get the opportunity to go and, um, you know, continue my career elsewhere and and uh, just kind of go somewhere and, and try to become a, the best player that I can be and just keep working and everything. So, um, you know, it's crazy how things kind of all played out. But even yesterday, like getting the, the chance to play in that second game, I just kept reminding myself at the fact that, like, I got, like, I kept reminding myself, I'm like, this is like, you know, now you've gone through it. You've gone through it in the last two weeks, what you've been through. So it kind of almost feels like the, you don't feel that pressure anymore at, when you're playing. And I just felt, I felt relaxed and I felt like, you know, I, w- I was able to overcome with what happened. And now, now I, I trust myself that in those situations, I already know what it's, what it's like. And I, and you know, and the way I was able to handle it, and the way that I was able to feel on a you know on an everyday basis while I was while I was away from the game, um, it just made me appreciate so much more being back here and being able to play. Yeah, it's great to have you back, Oscar. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for having me. Well, one of the most gracious players you'll ever meet, Oscar Mercado. Good head on his shoulders and really nice perspective on what was a very difficult couple of weeks for him as he's trying to stay in the major leagues and uh, fighting tooth and nail to do just that. And now he is back with Cleveland. Chris Valeka is the Guardians' new hitting coach, took over those responsibilities heading into this season after a stint as the assistant hitting coach for the Chicago Cubs. After a red-hot start offensively by the Guardians, they've gone through their ups and downs offensively. And uh, the new hitting coach talks about how tough it is to get through a stretch of 18 games in 16 days like the Guardians were just confronted with. And there's uh, challenges both mentally and physically to keeping his hitters going. It is, it is a tough stretch we're running through right now, you know. But I think, you know, all teams are dealing with that. Um, you know, with our group, I think it might be a little bit different. You know, not having a ton of veteran guys or experienced guys that have gone through, you know, a 162-game season gate-to-gate in the big leagues. So, you know, I think we're, we're learning as we go. And, you know, I think some of these experiences, um, you know, are going to help us in the long run. You know, some of the, the fatigue or, you know, the struggles that we go through now, these guys are, you know, everyday learning at the big league level. So, you know, as frustrating as it is at times, you know, I think in the long run it's going to be better for them. There have been stretches where it's been really exciting. And it, when we go to different ballparks, people from those teams say, hey, the the Guardians are doing it a little bit differently from what you see so often in today's game. And and how satisfying has that been for you based on the talent 
and what you're working with here and, and how they have to get it done. That, that's been our message since spring training has been, you know, we're going to have to do things different. You know, we're really embracing the personnel that we have, and we have a lot of young guys. And, you know, we have we have guys throughout our lineup that can do do some special things. You know, Hosey can hit home runs, Fran Mill, guys, guys that can put the ball in the seats. Um, but, you know, the way we've scored runs, again, we've, the way we've won games has been, you know, doing the little things right, moving runners over, you know, taking extra bases, making contact, putting pressure on teams. And, you know, sometimes it seems like we've got away from that of late a little bit, but I think that's just more so, you know, experience and, you know, just returning to that focus of, you know, back to our identity, you know, what we do well and how we win games. You love to work at the craft of hitting as much as you can with, with players. How much do you have to balance that right now in this stretch that you're in with all these games? You know, we we, we have to do a good job managing volume, you know, with with guys getting fatigued and you know just the three double headers this week you know we we have to be really conscious of that um you know i think i think we do a good job we haven't been outside too much just with the weather and double headers um but we've been getting our work in you know a, a lot of a lot of the stuff is mental as much as it is physical so just trying to keep these guys positive while they are tired or you know while they are going through some adversity not feeling great just you know keeping them positive keeping them focused on the things that matter and for you first year as as a the head hitting coach of, of a major league team uh what you expected the good and the, and the challenges the the good and the bad yeah yeah it's been it's been great you know I, I i love our lineup it's it's different than than being the assistant there in chicago and you know i think some of the things you know while you're the while the assistant you know you you work a ton you do you do a lot of the little things with the guys just as much as you do as a head guy but i think the relationships you build and the the trust and you know sometimes you got to be the shield or sometimes the guy that has those tough conversations with guys um you know that's definitely been the adjustment for me thus far but you know i wouldn't change it for the world chris thanks so much for your time appreciate it you got it appreciate it that's chris valeka the new hitting coach for the guardians stay tuned we'll have more of guardians weekly after this timeout Folks, this baby isn't over yet. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City. It's Guardians Weekly, where the Guardians are taking on the Royals both Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon, and you can hear those games right here. Mike Chernoff is the Guardians' general manager. We caught up with him last weekend, and we talked about the team navigating a tough stretch of not only postponements, but then the doubleheaders to make it up. Bottom line, a lot of games in a short period of time. I can't ever remember, I mean, having eight rainouts at home we're still in the first half of the year, so this this has been challenging to say the least. Um, it's always dicey. Like in the moment, you're trying to make the best decision you can and balancing a lot of factors on whether you rain it out or you try to sit around waiting. Um, you know, and, and probably the hardest part of that is deciding whether you're going to have a doubleheader the next day. And especially in this stretch where we play 18 games in 16 days, this is now the third doubleheader that we're going to have in that stretch. That makes it really challenging to figure out, but. Thankfully, our guys just put their head down, and they're willing to grind through, grind through it. And pulling back that curtain, you're obviously part of that decision-making process. How many others are involved for a fan who's sitting here and wondering, hey, what's going on? How are they trying to get to a good place here? Who's involved? 
Yeah, well, Kurt, it's Curtis Danberg's fault when it rains. He's our head uh, weather kind of coordinator, so we like to just say it's his fault when it rains. So he's having a tough year this year. I think well, I'm going to have to use the editing button on this now. <laughs> Poor Curtis. Uh, no, so Curtis is running logistics with Major League Baseball and our weather services, and then Tito and Chris and I are usually in there, and we're in communication with the umpires and the other team. There's a lot that goes into it. I mean, you, you have to balance all of the different factors and think about fans coming into our ballpark and the business side of the operation. But, you know, in the end, we're making sure that our players can be health healthy and safe out on the field if they play, that it's an enjoyable experience for our fans, and that we're thinking about all of the other Major League Baseball or visiting team logistics that go along with it. And you mentioned players, and obviously you're trying to take care of your position players, but it seems like to get through this, making sure pitching's okay and lined up properly seems to be the biggest key. Yeah, that's what makes it so hard. I mean, as soon as you start having double headers, you bump into not getting your starters enough rest, right? They can't have the full four days of rest that they would normally get in between outings. Um, So you have to call up another guy from the minor leagues to take one of those starts. And especially in this stretch, it makes it harder. We just have to really rely on our depth. And thankfully, we've been able to do it, knock on wood, so far. uh, And we're hopeful we can get through the stretch, too. Mike Chernoff joining us, Guardians general manager. And uh, when you look at at what's been going on this week, back-to-back walk-off wins, it just keeps happening, which I imagine is a great sign for how this team plays. Andres Jimenez hit the one on on Thursday against the Twins. Looking back, when when you're making that trade, obviously you like everyone you get back. There's a reason they're they're coming back to you. What set him apart and, and... allowed you to think that, hey, maybe this guy could be a a real player for us on the middle infield. Yeah, I mean, much like almost all of the trades that we make, you can't can't predict the future. You don't know how good a player is going to be. Our scouts, our analysts, our whole crew does a great job of identifying attributes and indicators that they think can lead to success, um, both in terms of the makeup and, you know, the way a player interacts off the field and also their skills on the field. Um, And we saw those attributes with Andres when we were acquiring him and felt like he had the foundation to be successful as a player. Um, And then he's he's proved it, obviously. I mean, it's been really fun to watch him grow. Last year, he had some ups and downs, and he struggled at times, but he's really uh, just mentally put the work in to put himself in a better place and persevere through those challenges, and it's, it's been fun to watch him this year for sure unusual to see a young player struggle and and then be able to get through it or is that the satisfying part of your job when that happens for a young player yeah I don't think it's unusual at all I mean I think players often think it it is unusual so when they struggle they think this has never happened to anybody else and it's sort of an, an indictment on them from our perspective we see that all the time it's the great ones that are able to come out of it when you see Jose Ramirez and he struggled in his first experience up here and now look at what he is. Or even guys like Corey Kluber uh, or some of our starters in the past, Carrasco, guys that really struggled when they first came up and then turned into all-star caliber pitchers. Um, it's fun to watch it when that happens. Obviously a lot going on here this week. You're in the midst of, of 18 games in 16 days. But the calendars turn to July. So, so that's the short term, dealing with rainouts and doubleheaders and, and your current roster. But you have a lot of things on your plate this month. And, and how are you balancing the draft and trade deadline with what's happening now we're trying to balance it rosie there's a lot going on it's i mean it's fun and exciting and thankfully we have great scouts uh who are locked in on the draft and and a lot of things going on in player development this time of year um and we're already starting to get some trade deadline calls i mean usually right around 
uh, right around this time is when we start to reach out to other clubs or have them reach out to us. So that's just part of the job. We're balancing a lot. You know, it, it does make it a little bit challenging that the draft is now mid-July. used to be in early June, so you could kind of set it apart from the trade deadline. Now we just have to do two things at once, which, you know, we're used to doing that, or three or four things at once. Yeah. So, But, you know, it's, it, it is certainly uh, a high stress and high uh, excitement high, or a very exciting time. Um, but it's a lot to balance for sure. When you look at the trade deadline and, and what potentially could happen, do you feel like you, you've seen enough baseball and, and are in a spot where you can say, hey, this is what we need to do between now and, and the end of, of July, early August? Never, and it changes every day. Okay. We always want more time. Uh, but, you know, eventually we'll have to make decisions and we'll try to do the best that we can. I think. You know, probably the thing that stands out most is just seeing our team come together, seeing how these young guys, where we really weren't sure at the beginning of the year how things would go, how they've come together and really start to perform as a group. I think there are certainly ways that we can look to complement the team. I also think there's a lot of depth in our minor league system that we've started to tap into and will continue to tap into heading up to the trade deadline. But, but obviously we'll evaluate everything and see how we can best help the team. Is there a certain spot that, that you would say, hey, on, on July 2nd, uh, this is an area we'd love to be able to add? I don't know if I could identify that today. Um, you know, I think we're always, Tito, Tito's always asking for more pitching. So, shockingly, Tito wants more pitching. But, I, you know, it's hard, it's hard to figure out. You don't know how some of the young guys in our minor league system may end up doing. And we'll just figure it out. As we get closer to the deadline, we'll make the best decisions we can and, and, and see what's best for the team. We're joined by Mike Chernoff, Guardians General Manager. Mike Emanuel Classe was named Reliever of the Month in the American League this weekend, and he's been dominant this year. He was again last year, too. A young kid, when you first got him, there were some major hurdles he had to overcome. And when you saw that, how impressed have you been how he's come out of that when he first got here and, and had to deal with some things? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, look, he went through that suspension, um, and just he's he's had to mature a lot, and we've seen him mature uh, on and off the field, and it's it's been really uh, rewarding to watch his development as a pitcher at the major league level for us. When when we acquired him, he had a great arm. There was no doubt about that. But I don't know that he had established the full set of sort of both mental and physical routines to be a successful major leaguer for the long haul. And he's, he started to lock those in. Went through a lot of work with our coaches and our staff. He started to lock those in. And now we're seeing the consistency that we had hoped for from him. And with a closer, when do you find out, hey, all right, the kid's got a great arm, but now he can handle that ninth inning. What, what's the, the light switch that you see for, for a kid in that spot? Well, frankly, not until you throw him into the fire. And Tito has such a great pulse on when it's the right time to do that and, you know, when to stick with a guy and, and obviously, we rely on Tito for those decisions. But you can see that Emmanuel has been consistent in that role. And even when he has a tough outing, he can bounce back from it. That's probably one of the biggest things with a closer. You have to just be able to shut it off, put it behind you, and turn to the next day. And he's certainly shown that he can do that. And as we finish, uh, you look up in the sky, there, there's no clouds. Is, is that a good day at the ballpark for you and the rest of the, the team? That is a rare day <laughs> these days. But it is certainly a good day, especially when you're playing too, Rosie. Mike, thanks for the time. Thanks, Rosie. Always good to visit with Mike Chernoff, the Guardians general manager. And stay with us. When we come back, we'll hear from Rob Serfolio and get an update on the farm system in our final segment after this break. When you bundle your renters and auto insurance with Progressive, you could save money. But it doesn't cover any terrible memories living rent-free in your head. 
just wanted to remind you of that time your kicker missed the extra point and lost the game, even though he literally never missed an extra point. He chose this playoff game to miss. Yeah, I just noticed you hadn't thought about that in a bit. Wouldn't want you to miss, you know, thinking about it. Sorry, we can't save you from that memory, but we could save you money bundling your renters and auto insurance with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Renters insurance and bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Jim Rosenhouse back with you on Guardians Weekly and a lot of different ways to hear our show each week, including on the radio network. Also, you can go to cleguardians.com. All the archived editions are there. Or you can uh, check us out as a podcast wherever you download your favorite podcast. You can pick up our show shortly after it airs on the radio. Rob Serfolio is the Guardians Director of Player Development. Several players have been on the move within the farm system, getting closer and closer to Cleveland. And uh, when we caught up with Rob earlier in the week, he talked about the reasons for that recent activity. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Rosie. It's the constant jigsaw puzzle we're we're trying to figure out, and it's it's exciting to have as many players that we do that are kind of pushing their way into those conversations. I think the way we try and look at it is one, putting our players in the appropriate level that's going to challenge them for development on both the things that are really specific to their continued growth, and just overall, we want to make sure that they're facing the hitters or they're facing the pitchers that are just going to push them to, to raise their own bar. And so, you know, it, it's been fun to have guys at, at really all levels throughout the organization, you know, make those decisions frequent. And it's always exciting when we're able to, to have those conversations with players when they've, you know, both earned their way to that next opportunity or challenge. And from an organizational standpoint, we have that opportunity to continue to give them the right playing time where a lot of, you know, those improvements can kind of occur naturally. Let's start with with one player in particular, and and we can kind of touch on some things that have made him what he is now. But every time we've talked about Will Brennan, it's it's been performance based because his numbers have been off the charts wherever he's been, and now he is putting up big time numbers at AAA Columbus. So he's just a, a step away from the major leagues now with a little bit more power. And how has he evolved as a hitter as he's grown professionally to to add some power to his game, which is already very strong in the contact area? No doubt, and you know a little bit of what we talked about a couple months ago with him, Rosie. I think when we were early in the season and, and he was kind of, you know, one of the best performers early for Akron. And I think just looking at Will's progression from the second we got him as a pro until now, a lot of the the strengths you're talking about there with his contact skills, similar to, to Kwani a little bit, where we're kind of an outlier, standout skill. Um, and so when we first got Will, like we talked to him about that and, and over time, you know, if you went back and watched video of him, his first couple of days as a pro, like there would certainly be some things mechanically that you'd see different that he's doing currently, which I think is a huge credit to, to both Will and our hitting group, just in terms of trying to find the right and most efficient ways for him to move, to be able to impact the baseball. And then also from just the approach side of things, he, he's really just begun to understand how picking his spots to do damage can not only just you know help him as a player but obviously impact the game and our opportunities to win from a team level so 
it's it's pretty fun when you have a guy that has you know such a strong skill set from the contact standpoint and then can really take on the mechanic and tactic improvements that allow him to to do the things that he's doing you know so far throughout his career and if you just look at you know some of the the impact and power numbers he's really kind of just improved each time he's been promoted which which as we know is really difficult to do so a, a huge testament to just you know his desire to be great work ethic he's a great teammate and you know i think embodies a lot of the things that that we try and preach from the off-field standpoint and, and obviously a, a shout out to, to him and our hitting group just to continue to take on further improvement despite being challenged at, at better and better levels each year one who it's more really coming back from injury and getting that opportunity to play at the AAA level is Nolan Jones. And, and we've talked about Jones for a while, a high draft pick and everything that goes along with that. Uh, fully healthy and has had just a tremendous stretch at the plate, maybe the best that he's had in pro ball. And, and are you surprised at all coming off an injury that he's been able to perform the way he has? Well, first off, it's been really fun to see Nolan back out there and, had a little bit of the the unfortunate injury at the end of last year, sliding into second with the ankle. And so, you know, rehabbing through all of the lockout, being a 40-man guy was obviously tougher for him and, and tougher for us just to be able to monitor exactly where he was. Then coming into spring training, had a little bit of the back flare up. And despite all of those those challenges and, and little pieces of adversity, you know, Nolan has has done a really good job just trying to focus in on the things that could get him back to the field, both physically and mentally. And, and despite those those hurdles, has has obviously done a really nice job coming back, as you noted. And on top of all those things, you know, as as most of the listeners know, a guy that played a lot of third base for us early on in his career, a little bit of time here and there at first. You know, we've really asked to to own kind of that move to the outfield. So despite all of those those injury bug challenges he, he's also had to learn a new position and and has really attacked that with with a lot of work ethic and and positivity from from the mental side so we've we've seen a lot of the same power and impact numbers and on-base ability and i think that's just what a, a lot of what nolan offers and and i know the triple a groups had you know had a really fun time with him back in the lineup and just being in that clubhouse let's switch to the pitching side with rob serfolio the minor league director for uh, or director of player development should say for the guardians and rob you, you promoted a couple of starting pitchers to triple a columbus within the last week or so logan allen the lefty uh i know his first outing at triple a was a challenge for him but what did he do to earn that promotion and what have you liked uh, from him so far this season yeah so you know similar to how we were talking about will brennan logan's a guy that has just continued to get better pretty much every game and, and every every year that we've had him. So only his second full season of, of pro baseball here already making it to triple A. And and again, you know, like we talked about, there's some organizational, there's obviously player factors that go into that. And for the things that Logan can control on the performance side of things, uh, he obviously went out there and struck a lot of guys out, attacked the zone. And we've seen some of the the improvement from a pitch shape standpoint that we've really, you know, asked him to dig in with and Owen do our pitching, our pitching coach and double A has done a great job, you know, working with Logan. And, and I think they've been able to find some things that, that have really improved his arsenal. And, and so we thought just with the opportunity we had in triple A and, and his performance and maturity, it was a great time to, 
for him to take that challenge. And even though his first start didn't go as, as he was hoping last night, I think we're pretty excited with, you know, just some of the things that he's been able to make continued progress on and just the overall talent and competitiveness that he brings to the table each day. So uh, an exciting guy to, to toe the hill every fifth day. And we're looking forward to see how he does the remaining of the year in Columbus. And Xavion Curry is the other pitcher that we'll talk about this week. And gosh, I, I know in, in double A, there's some heavy duty competition there in that rotation, I'm sure, to, to earn those promotions. And he did. Uh, how did he do it to get to Triple A Columbus? You know, a lot of the same themes as Logan, like a guy that can really command the baseball and, and fills up the zone. And we've seen that signature from him from the second we got him out of Georgia Tech. And, and again, like, a lot of the things that we're asking our pitchers to do is, is filling up the strike zone and continuing to find ways to improve their arsenal. And, and Zay has done exactly that with some of his secondary pitches. Again, you know, big shout out to Owen Dew and, and Joel Mangrum and our pitching group to be able to, to show these guys why some of these continued improvements are so necessary for major league impact, despite having a lot of success in the major, minor leagues and, and Zay just, you know, has the right mindset and competitiveness to to take ownership of those things while also being in competition. So really similar to Logan, you know, he's done a lot of the things from the performance side that we talk and preach about, while also from an off-field standpoint, really preparing him uh, mentally and physically to go out there and compete every fifth or sixth day. So we're excited for Zay to get that opportunity to go up to Columbus and, and be challenged against some older and better competition as well. Rob Serfolio, thanks a lot for coming by. I appreciate it. Thanks, Rosie. I appreciate your time, as always. That is Rob Serfolio, the Director of Player Development for the Guardians, as he's in charge of the minor league system and does great work there. And there are a lot of extremely talented young players making their way closer to the major leagues. That's going to do it for our show this week. As always, thanks to Brian Matze for helping to put together our show each and every week. Until next week, when we join you, from back home in downtown Cleveland at Progressive Field, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance. 